Hey, in the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. We're happy to spend some time with Chip and Zay holding it down one to three right here. Midday, Texas sports unfiltered. Tell your friends and enemies. Set an alarm in your phone for one o'clock every weekday so that you don't miss an episode. First of all, football season never ends here on Chip and Zay. And you will get the best basketball breakdown and the best breakdown of Hollywood gossip from my man. Per Zay Hilton, but Zay, the Super Bowl was super for about 20 minutes. It was kind of a cluster up until that point, but you and I both picked the Chiefs. No, I didn't. <laughs> I had San Fran. Oh, you did? Yeah, I had to have Fred. Yeah, you remember I've been hyping up Purdy all week long. And in the oh, back of my yeah. mind, when you kept asking me, I don't really believe it. That A lot of that was true. I didn't believe much because 15 is special. And I don't think we've seen anything like him. And he rang his Hall of Fame head once again on that last drive. But... Yeah, very unfortunate. I mean, a lot of things went wrong for the 49ers, and yeah, they had that game, had that game. Kyle Shanahan up 10 points. I know it was early, and I know it's against Patrick Mahomes, but you're still up, my guy. You know, Christian McCaffrey fumbling and Dre Greenlaw tearing his Achilles, just trying to go back out on the field. That was devastating. That was 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 brutal, man. That hurt. See, that's why all y'all be like, Zay, you don't hoop no more? Zay, why come hoop with us? And I have to decline y'all, be like, oh, you weak-ass brother. What the hell are you doing? And I'd be like, nah, man, because any wrong move, Chip, these are the greatest athletes in the world. This dude's played in the Super Bowl. Drake Greenlaw, top 10 linebacker in the National Football League. It don't matter. Any wrong move, your season's over with, just like that. Like, you couldn't tell me they didn't need him for the rest of that game. You kidding oh, yeah. me? That was devastating. That was so devastating. I feel so bad for him and for the Stork 49ers because, again, they go into overtime not knowing the rules and shit. I can't believe that. Kyle Juszczyk, yo, man, come on, bro. Come on. That's why they getting rid of fullbacks in the NFL. That's why. That's why. Kyle Juszczyk, can you believe that, not knowing the rules? Did he say that after the game? Yes. He said that after the game. He's out here just thinking it's like regular season. You go score a touchdown ball game. Like, and then you know how bad that makes your head coach look? Because then you got guys on the other side like Chris Jones talking about, oh, yeah, we've been preparing for overtime for the last two weeks. We knew the situation. We knew that we weren't going to take the ball. Regardless, we want the other team to take the ball first because we got 15. And he loves this shit. He loves it. He's a sick man, that Patrick Mahomes. You should this shouldn't be this easy, Chip. You know how hard the quarterback position is. You know you've been covering it for 50 freaking years. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to throw your age out there, but still, you've been covering the game for 50 stuff Long years. Time. He makes it look so easy. It's un it's insane. It's it's nuts, man. 
And yeah, I that looks bad on Kyle Shanahan. It really does. Who didn't coach that bad of a game? But when you hear stuff like that about how his team didn't know the rules for overtime and stuff, and Kyle came out and said they wanted third, you know, they were thinking which, you know, it makes sense for everybody else wanting third. Like with the rule, with the new rules for the playoffs, it goes the team scores first, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal, you have to match that on the second drive. So if you match that, you get third. That's what Kyle Shanahan was banking on. Against Patrick Mahomes? Nah, bro. <laughs> no, that's that, that, everybody else. Cool. That makes sense, Kyle. Against Patrick Mahomes, it don't make no sense, dude. It makes no sense. Like well, you have to score a touchdown, or you give him the ball and see what they do, which he'll probably score himself. But yeah, that that wasn't a good look at all to end the game. And I get, I mean, we got a lot to get into here because I thought I thought Brock Purdy outplayed Mahomes for 40 minutes. And I Purdy was locked in. Locked in, man. He, he completed his first six passes. I get that Mahomes completed his last eight, but you can't let Mahomes get to that point. You needed to throw that knockout punch and and I get that Christian McCaffrey fumbled in, you know, as the 49ers were moving into the red zone um, early in the game. And I get that Christian McCaffrey had 22 carries for 80 yards, but I thought they got away from the run yeah. in the, like, as the game, like in the third quarter. I would have been running the ball because McCaffrey was like running hard. Um, I thought, you know, he catches that great pass from Juwan Jennings. What a what a play that was. Juwan Jennings had the game of his life. That dude needs to be a number one receiver somewhere because he is a beast. Uh, yeah, he's been through tackles. By- <laughs> Legarius Sneed and getting into the end zone. I mean, yeah, he had a great game, but I think that plays into what Spags was trying to do. Like, if we take away George Kittle, who struggled, and we take yeah, away Debo Samuel, who struggled, yeah. we know they're going to give the ball to Kisha McCaffrey because he's a running back. But if we limit those two main guys, got both guys were all pros this year, and Brandon Ayuk too, and allow guys like Jennings to go off, hey, we'll live. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was one yeah. of those, like, we'll live. And, yeah, yeah. benefited for those Chiefs. Juwan right? Jennings deserves credit, too, for – or, no, that was Brandon Ayuk who egged uh, Legarius Sneed into smacking his face mask and drawing a 15-yard penalty. I thought they were going to shoot themselves in the foot, Chip. I thought the Chiefs, when you see Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid like that, they were doing some – yeah, man, I was cold-blooded. We would have been talking about that for the first 30 minutes if they were to lose this game. We ain't saying nothing now because they win all the time. And shout-out to Andy Reid for not letting those type of things affect him. And 
you know, going all coach mode and trying to yell at Travis Kelsey back. No, you know that guy's a superstar. You know he's competitive. He's kind of a meathead sometimes, which is what we saw. But sometimes you just got to let those things roll. Ain't no reason to blow it up in the Super Bowl. But things like that, you just mentioned LeJarius Sneed, him going a little over the top, like – they were just doing some uncharacteristic things to where you would think a Kansas City Chiefs team that's been to the Super Bowl this many times wouldn't panic in those situations. But, of course, it don't matter. <laughs> when you got Patrick well, Mahomes, Rasheed Rice, they had to talk him off the cliff at the end of the game. Patrick Mahomes called them an MFer and stuff. I was like, yo, you need to chill, you SMU muck. You need to chill. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That SMU muck made a big play. Down he did. He did. He was tripping, though. He was tripping for a rookie. Because he was wide open for a touchdown. You a rookie. It's 15. Yeah. Let him do him. He, You know, that ain't your call. We only got nine seconds. It's not like he Patrick Mahomes had time to go through the progressions. Like, it was – we got – It would have ended seconds. the game. I, I get what you're saying, but that clearly wasn't the call. The call was to give it to Travis Kelsey on that back shoulder. We got nine seconds. I don't have time if I'm Patrick Mahomes to look at you, not see that you're open, and then look back to Rasheed Rice in the middle of the field. I get what you're saying, but it clearly wasn't this call. All right, and, well, don't take it know, out on my, on my man because my man right, he came was big. True. He was big. You're right. He was big. But here's, was big. here's, I mean, they come out in the second half. And Mahomes fumbles, and it was recovered by Pacheco. Mahomes fumbled twice in this game, and they were they recovered it, and he threw a pick, by the way. Um, but he throws the interception to open the second half. And San Francisco gets – yeah, San Francisco gets the ball at the Kansas City 44. And they come out and they throw and it's incomplete. And then there's a false start. Now it's second and 15. He throws incomplete to Debo. It's third and 15. Purdy scrambles, looking for a receiver, ends up running for four yards. They punt. Like, I thought that was a huge shift in the game because – you get a gift from Patrick Mahomes in Chiefs territory. Run the ball, demoralize them. You know, what are you doing throwing the ball? And and then so they punt. Then the Chiefs don't do anything. They go three and out. But then San Francisco gets the ball and they throw that, you know, backwards pass to Juwan Jennings for a loss of eight on first down. Now it's second and 18. They don't get out of that hole. They punt. Like, where's the running game? Where's the run on first down? Then the next possession, you get, they finally run it, and McCaffrey gets nothing. And and then they throw incomplete, incomplete, three and out. So three straight three and outs to open the second half. And it was like, the Chiefs are like, okay, if they're going to give it to us, <laughs> but even then, even then say it took the muffed. So the chiefs go three and out, they punt and it hits the rookies ankle looter. 
And Ray Ray McLeod should have just jumped on the ball. Instead, he tried to pick it up. He doesn't pick it up. And the Chiefs recover at the freaking, excuse me, they recover at the San Francisco 16. And finally, on the next play, Mahomes hits Valdez Scanling for the touchdown. And the Chiefs are you know, back in business, but, or yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it just, yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah. It was timely mistakes from both teams and just seemed a little bit more timely for San Fran. Cause you're right. When you get an interception on Patrick Mahomes, you have to put points on the board. You have to, you got to hit them right in the jugular and they just couldn't. Like, keeping Kansas City in that game to where they believe and they're just hanging around, they've done this too many times. You know, that's why that overtime just decision-making was very questionable. You know, like, you take ball, but do you want to put the ball in this guy's hands if you settle for three? Like, that makes you question going for it on fourth down. You know, I mean, the way that, Buckner was kicking the ball anyway. Like, he would have kicked it from 60 yards, it seemed like. That dude has a serious boot. But still, just because it's Mahomes on that other side and he's so dangerous, yeah, man, it seemed like the 49ers were playing with their food a little bit too much. And a lot of that goes on Shanahan. Like, I'm with you. you got to run the ball more. you got to keep the ball out of Mahomes and that offense's hands, which they didn't light it up. You know, if it wasn't for the muff punt, then who knows if they would have been able to drive the ball in that situation to get those points that MVS put up there after the muff. So it seemed like right after that, like once Patrick Mahomes started doing the grimy shit chip and starts lowering his head and just taking the contact, that's when you know that when I saw that, like in the second half, kind of when the third quarter was winding down, the dude had that run and lowered his shoulder and took that contact and bounced back like it's nothing. Then the very next play, this goes to Andy Reid's genius, they do the fake handoff and Patrick Mahomes is wide open for like 22 yards on the run, which nobody saw that coming. It seemed like the camera man even got got. Nick Bosa completely took out Clyde edwards Lair on that play, and Patrick Mahomes went smooth by him. And it was like, here we go. Here we go. And they only came up from three on that possession, but still, like, that gave them confidence, like, okay, we can start moving the ball down the field. Let's just put it in Mahomes' hands and have him make all the decisions. And, yeah, he got that fourth and one on the fourth down run in the, in the overtime during that drive. You know, he was just making more plays than the 49ers were. And, oh, man, when, I feel bad for Kyle Shanahan. I really do. Like, going back to – just hold that whole debacle against the Patriots when you're up 28-3 to being up with Garoppolo and them four years ago, up 10 points to up 10 points again. And you don't come out victorious in any of those games. Well, in wow. the the blocked extra point. Huge. It was huge. It was huge. Otherwise, Kansas City would have had to go for a touchdown. They wouldn't have been able to tie the game enforce overtime with a field goal i mean it's just weird and i don't i don't know who you blame for the punt 
hitting off Luter's ankle. I mean, like I said, Ray Ray McLeod should have jumped on the ball. Just secure the ball. Don't don't try to make a play. Just you know, you saw the ball hit your teammate's ankle. That's why you went and jumped. You know, try to pick up the ball. Just jump on it, and that that leads to a touchdown. The blocked extra point was huge because it meant a three point lead instead of a four point lead. And yeah, man, you leave the Chiefs in a game. You let them hang around, hang around, hang around, and I thought I thought Purdy played really well. He was tough, man. I thought he played really well. I mean, he got pressured and he missed some throws there at the end, but that was more the Chiefs with some well-timed pressure. I mean, Chris Jones got through because he had Debo wide open for that touchdown. Yeah. Chris Jones got pressure and Purdy overthrew him. And then Trent McDuffie comes in on that corner blitz and on, on third down and Purdy throws it incomplete there were some well-timed pressures from the chiefs because purdy had some dudes open but he did get pressure he didn't just stand and and deliver and an overthrow he he got pressure so but at the beginning of the game he was laser sharp and i was like oh wow brock purdy is dealing he's dealing and it was a weird game. There was no flow, no rhythm to the game. It's hard enough to get rhythm in a Super Bowl because the commercials are so long and everything takes forever. I mean, from the time we got from the coin toss, from the national anthem to the coin toss, and we're introducing some Hawaiian football team as we're trying to do the coin toss. Then you go to commercial, seems like three minutes, four minutes later, finally kicking it off. There's more rhythm to the second half. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But... That was bonkers. Yeah. That that was, I don't know. And I and I do question Kyle Shanahan getting away from the run in the third quarter. Three straight three and outs, all trying to throw the football. And you can't do that. You can't leave the Chiefs around. You can't make them think, oh man, they don't want it. They don't want it enough. I remember saying to L, saying to my wife, I'm like, watching this for the first 40 minutes, I was like, the Lions would have won this damn Super Bowl. Oh, here we go. Oh, man. Come on. I was waiting. It took 28 minutes for you to bring up your Lions. I was waiting. I was going to bring it up. Because, first of all, the coaches in the Super Bowl all kicked the field goals. For sure. Second of all, if my man Dan Gamble would have kicked the field goals, the Lions would have won the Super Bowl because, good heavens, they would have run the ball. I, hey, 
Chris Jones, he went on, I don't know who's podium after the game, and straight up said, yo, I thought Baltimore was the best team in the league all year. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how we did it, but that goes back to idiot Todd Munkin and his decision making. Yeah, he quit running the ball. Yeah, he quit running the ball. Like, is that – I don't know. Chris Jones, all those guys, they're good. You know, Karloffis, they're nice, but – yeah, you got Christian McCaffrey. He's the best in the league. And you were gashing him early. For sure. I don't know. Uh, I think You know what I think of? Because it always comes back to Texas football for me. When Steve Sarkeesian says, Kyle Shanahan's my boy. We like, you know, picking off each other. <laughs> we like picking off and picking each other's brain and talking ball and this and that. And I'll be like, yo, man, maybe y'all might have to get some new friends sometimes because Sark did the same shit in the Sugar Bowl to where here we are, February 12th and we're I'm still questioning why didn't he run the ball even though you know Jaden Blue and CJ Baxter fumbled it's just some coaches man when they feel like they have a feel for the game they think they see something when it's really not there like Reed McDuffie Legereus Sneed those dudes are animals man they had some great plays on the ball Oh, just elite plays. Like, and Tony Romo was preaching. He was saying, yo, man, these guys that Brock Purdy's testing out here are some real dudes. I don't know if he should be just testing them like this. Like, they don't give up much. Ladarius Sneed, this was the second touchdown he's given up all year long, was the one by Jenkins. Jennings, excuse me. That was the second one all year long. Like, what? This is a passing league. This ain't the 90s no more where Emmitt and Barry Sanders were getting the ball 30 times a game. Guys are throwing it all the time. So to only give that up, that's stupid. You know, so as good as Brock Purdy played, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan put him in the best situations for the full game. Like he, he didn't. He didn't. Like Brock Purdy was improvising. You know, Chris Jones, like you said, just timely plays by Spagnolia with the blitzes and the calls. And it's not like Brock Purdy's a bad blitz quarterback. That dude's one of the best in the league. So for him to, you know, be put in these situations to, in a way, fail, in my opinion, that's brutal, man. As good as Kyle Shanahan was, Andy Reid showed why he's better. Like, I could straight up say confidently Andy Reid outcoached Kyle Shanahan. It doesn't mean Kyle Shanahan straight up coached a horrific game. He didn't. Like you said, there was no flow, a lot of weird bounces, weird turnovers, Patrick Mahomes throwing picks, slash fumbling and stuff. Like, it was just an odd game. But when it mattered the most with what – Andy Reid does with his team and keeps them engaged with all the hoopla they got on the sideline and stuff. He yeah, outcoached Kyle Shanahan, you know, and that's yeah. all it takes. As good as Patrick Mahomes is, he outcoached him, you know. Yeah, that's that's what you got to do. That's why these coaches get paid that money. Like, man, and and I thought Isaiah Pacheco would be the MVP, and he fumbled. Yeah. Like, like, and he, he, I think that got in his head a little bit. He wasn't, he wasn't very effective running the ball. Yeah. And then he kind of, I think he had one or two runs in the second half that 
you know, helped and he caught some passes, but man, I thought, I thought that, uh, and they did a good job stripping them. I mean, both teams did a good job. At one point they were, they were legit. I think Legereus Sneed was like, had both of his hands around the ball and Brandon Ayuk is trying to hang on to it. And he did, but I mean, I thought both defenses were doing a good job of, of getting after the football, but I sure didn't think McCaffrey and Pacheco would. And maybe that's what caused Kyle to back off of the run, but you can't do that, man. Not with Christian McCaffrey. No, that dude, he only gets better. I think as the game goes on, as the game goes on, he only gets better, but he's that type of dude that like will turn the ball over every blue moon and then get fired up because of it. Like he won't let it affect him, you know, even though he looked pretty exhausted when they showed him towards the end of the game. But yeah. And he like overall, like total yards from receiving and rushing. He was good. (laughs) You know, he was good. It's just go look at George Kittle's stats. Go look at, you know, Debo Samuel stats, like George Kittle, two catches, four yards. What? You were first team oh. all pro this year. I That's yeah. Nuts. They completely took him out the game. Well, Com- Fred Warner took uh Kelsey out of the game in the first half. That was impressive. He had one catch for one yard in the first half. He finished with nine catches for 92 yards. So Again, that's Mahomes finding his guy in Mahomes' legs, just like Purdy beat the Lions with his legs in the second half. Mahomes beat the 49ers with his legs. Mm-hmm. And and kudos to Mahomes. He knew what he was looking at. He knew when he had man, when he had zone. And when he ran up the gut to the 12-yard line, he knew he had man coverage. So as soon as he cleared the line, he was going to have room to run. He knew what he was looking at, and his veteranness, his clutchness, his Mahomesness came to light when it mattered most. And that's, I mean, if you're the 49ers, you're gonna be like, oh man. Yeah, yo, he's a sick dude. Like he, he's not nothing's normal about him at all. Because when you win your third Super Bowl. And then the first interview that you do when you're on the field and all the confetti's falling and stuff and all these cameras flashing lights are around you and you're out here talking about three-peating and talking about how you have a young team and just, you know, like we're never the underdog. That's we're never the underdog just like that. That's nut stuff. He's not like he's enjoying it, but he also said, yeah, we're going to enjoy this tonight. We're going to have the parade. And then he was acting like that's it. That's it. It's back to the lab. It's back to training. It's back to getting better. Like, he is so locked in. Like, he's chasing Brady for real. Like, I remember when LeBron said that after the fourth ring. They're like, yo, Bron, what you still doing this for? And he was like, yo, I'm chasing Black Jesus. I'm chasing the GOAT, which I don't think he could ever catch. But Mahomes, after what we saw last night, why not? Well, Why he not? said last night, I can't get seven Super Bowls in one year, so I got to keep grinding, but that's the goal. So you're right, and you got to have it. You got to have that. 
you got to have a coach. You got to have a, a quarterback who's obsessed, who's relentless, who's willing to make all the sacrifices to get there. And Patrick Mahomes is showing us he's that guy. And Brady handed the mantle to him. Brady said, it's your, you're the man now. And maybe Brady shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, they, Brady's, like, Brady's the blueprint, though, of everything that it takes to be that great. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and Brittany, Brittany Mahomes is way more understanding than Giselle. Tom probably told him that too. Like, hey, you got yourself a real one. She wants to see you succeed. It's not like Giselle did it, but you know, after 20-something years, age 44, she was like, yo, bro, are you gonna retire anytime soon so you could see your kids grow up? You know, Patrick Mahomes is like, yo, my kids, they infants right now. Like, let's get it. <laughs> Let, let's get it. My woman, she supports me. She had every game hollering and screaming at the top of her lungs. Some say it's annoying for me, yo. She grown on me, Chip. I th- I tell you that almost every week. Brittany Mahomes has grown on me. That is ride or die. And that swimsuit spread ain't too shabby either. So, yeah, man, he's good. He ain't got to worry about that. He ain't got to worry about off-the-field stuff except for his drunk-ass daddy. But he still ain't worried. That probably pissed him off. I'm over here talking about how that's going to be a distraction. That probably pissed him off in some crazy Kobe-like way to where he's like, you know what? This is motivation for me. People hating on me, talking about my daddy being a drunk, all this and that. People hating. So, you know what I'm going to do? His dad, I'm going to set my game up. I saw his dad on the field after the game. He was really there? Oh, yeah. Wow. And he wasn't smiling. He was just <laughs> He was just there. I, yo. So, he must. Whatever. I don't know. We never know. We don't. In those situations. But. I'll tell you what, that that was impressive. Now, the Chiefs, I mean, both of these teams are going to come back intact. Yeah. So are the Lions. So we got we got some interesting young teams right now. I mean, San Francisco, they've been doing a good job of of you know, drafting and they got guys still on rookie deals. I mean, they're paying Debo and Bosa, but you know, the chiefs have the, what the youngest defense in the league. I mean, Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, George Karloftis. These guys are all like second year players. Trent McDuffie, all he knows is Super Bowl. He's like our guy, Dan Neal. That's and all he, he had. Knows. That great pass breakup in the end zone to, to you know, keep a touchdown from happening. That dude had plays all over the place, and I thought Legarius Sneed was was okay. I thought Trent McDuffie was savage, and I don't know. That was like, yeah, I, I think he's the better corner out of Sneed. Like, I mean, I thought Sam Sneed's a Simp by any means, but the Duffy, he'd be in the slot. They put him on the outside. They'll match him up and have him follow people like he was doing Debo all game. It's team like, like, yo. <laughs> and I think hey, that's a Pete Kukowski get. Like, Pete Kukowski recruited that dude. 
when he was coming out of high school to Washington before PK came down here with Sark a few years ago. So, yeah, man, you got to give PK some of that credit for Trent McDuffie's, you know, development and where he's at because that dude, he's a star, man. They got a lot of those guys. Like Chris Jones, hey, I know he could sometimes be a head case and – you know, what he pulled before the season, that's what a lot of these superstars do when they want their money. I thought that was a big-time distraction on, you know, why they started off slow. Because I think if he's there at camp and all that stuff, he builds that toughness and that camaraderie because you know he's one of your leaders. But he wasn't there for any of that. So I think that's a big reason why they started off slow. But he showed why after Aaron Donald, he's the best interior lineman in the game. Like it wasn't necessarily pulling Brock Purdy down, but as you mentioned, just the timely pressure that he had at the biggest times of the game, like that didn't go unnoticed one bit. That was a touchdown to Debo Samuel. Like that was one time, and that was Ladarius Sneed that got burned on that. But if Brock Purdy was able to step into that and you know make a solid throw that's a touchdown and i don't know if we're talking about the chiefs the way that we're supposed to be talking about them you know today but he couldn't make that throw because big old 95 was coming through there like a freight train and when you see that he just that blocks the vision and it's hard to make them throws man because brock well, is the biggest guy one thing like i don't know why shanahan's getting blasted over taking the ball first his his rationale was look each team gets a possession if we end up tied after the first two possessions of overtime then it's sudden death and we want to have the ball at that time yeah you said he wanted third so i'm like i'm not killing him over that i'm like it makes perfect sense i think he was coming at it from a point of hey if we get, you know, if we can hold them, come out tied after the first two possessions of overtime and it's sudden death, we want the ball. Then we just need to kick a field goal to win it. I get that. So I'm not I'm not killing him for that. Are you? I wouldn't say killing him, but I'm throwing them a few haymakers just because for all of the other 31 teams in the NFL – Yes, very smart. For the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, nah, I no. I give them the ball first. I'm not risking it. I, I'm I'm trying to go for two. I'm trying to score. That guy, like he lives for this shit. He's proven it way too many times. Like you knew, you knew once they kicked the field goal, that was ball game. You knew it. Right when they kicked the field goal for San Fran to put 22 on the board, you're like, well, that's game. Because Patrick Mahomes, because Randy Reed, you're probably going to go for him on fourth down. Why not? Why not? It's Patrick Mahomes. Like, I ain't, I'm, he's, he's proven me wrong way too many times. And again, I still had in the back of my mind last week picking San Fran that, yo, 15 is going to do it again. I don't even know what I'm saying, Zay. Like, this, you know what he's going to do. If he gets the chance, he's going to win the game because he's that damn cold and he just figures it out when, the, when you know, the biggest moments. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. That's, again, Kyle Shanahan. If that's, Pat, if that's Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, you smart. 
That's smart. We could get a stop. Those dudes, very talented. But well, after Brady, okay. Patrick for me. Excuse me, Montana. Okay. Excuse me, Aikman. It's 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 Mahomes, man. Okay. Well, I think I I that one. I'm like I understand Shanahan's rationale in that one and his defense, as Daryl points out, had just been on just been on the field for like an 11 play drive. Well, you also kill him because you got guys like Kyle Juszczyk literally confirming that you don't know the freaking rules. So that makes Kyle Shanahan look like shit. Now that part makes him look bad. That makes him look, that makes him look horrible. Cause now what's your mindset? You know, what's your, like as a team, like what? You don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know what you're doing. (laughs) Like this is the Super Bowl. And you got guys like Kyle Juszczyk is your captain. That dude, it might take him a few ballots, but he might go to the Hall of Fame as a fullback. I think it's going to be difficult, and I'd love to ask John McClain that when we have him on the show later this week. But still, like eight straight Pro Bowls? Like he's always first team. So that's one of your captains and leaders. Like he, of all people, should know what the hell's going on. And he's out here admitting, like, yo, he just thought it was you go down and score a touchdown. That's ball game. Like, we weren't paying attention to the rule changes. What are you practicing? Like, you have to hit everything these these last two weeks when it comes to preparation. Because anything can happen. Any scenario that gets thrown at you, you have to be ready for it. You're getting paid seven figures plus. Like you have to be ready for it. So to hear that, that that's why he's getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Armstead said, I didn't even know about the new playoff overtime rule. So it was a surprise to me. Um, and Kyle Juszczyk said, um, I didn't realize the playoff rules were different in overtime. I assume you just want the ball to score a touchdown and win. I guess that's not the case. I don't totally know the strategy there. We hadn't talked about it. No. Oh, we haven't talked about it. Yo. See, see if I'm, see, that's why I'm here and not, not in one of those just high positions of the NFL, like as a coach or something, because I'm, I'm fighting you, Kyle. You check somehow, some way we're going to squabble this out. Like that's because don't and admit Chris, it. Chris don't Jones admit. said we talked about it for two weeks. The new overtime rules to the point where he was like, "Why are we talking about this so much?" And then it happened. Yeah, yeah. Which coach do you take? That's that just that's not a little mistake either. Like that's very major. Like, you want that. If you're Chris Jones, like, yeah, why are we talking about this all the time? Because it might freaking happen. Like, we don't want to have our Johnson in our hand when it does and be confused. Like, you got guys on both sides, defense and offense for the 49ers, confused. Like, what the hell are we doing? So what's your mindset? You already got to worry about winning the game. But if you don't know how it's supposed to be won, what's your mindset really? Because everybody's not on the same page. That's obvious at the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, Kyle, yeah, Kyle Shanahan, he deserves to get killed. That's tough. That's that's really tough. You know, if I'm a 49ers fan, so we, we might be squabbling out with Kyle Shanahan. Excuse me, not Kyle Juszczyk. Excuse me, Kyle Shanahan. If I see if, you, we might have to if, squabble it out. If the 49ers would have won, do you give the MVP to Juwan Jennings? Um... I guess it would depend on how they would have won. Like if Brock Purdy scores the game-winning touchdown on the pass, then it goes to Brock Purdy. But if it's a Christian McCaffrey run or something, which with the stats that he had, it might have been him. I, I don't know. I don't know. It was a good trick play, but McCaffrey ran it in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Which it shouldn't have counted. You know, they had an illegal man downfield. So it shouldn't have counted. So yeah, the refs got the memo. Like they had a the first quarter was a penalty a thon, and then they didn't call anything in the second half. <laughs> they didn't call anything. Except when Legarius Sneed stupidly smacked Brandon Ayuk in the face right in front of the ref. Like was looking at the ref as he slapped Brandon Ayuk in the face. I was like, the Chiefs are not on it today. And my buddies who are Chiefs fans are like, are you kidding me? We're playing a C game in the Super Bowl? Are you kidding me? And I'm like, they're going to leave you hanging around long enough to where Mahomes will go win it. Yeah. Yeah, if they would have lost, that's what we would have been talking about. We would have talked about guys like Legarius Sneed, basically uppercutting dudes on the field, flag. We would have talked about Travis Kelsey basically knocking over his Hall of Fame coach because he was pissed off that he didn't get the ball, which that made my pops flip sides. My pops was coming into this game as a Chiefs fan, and then once he saw this is how coaches stick together. Once he saw Travis Kelsey ridiculously bump his coach. Running down Andy anger, Yeah, he was like, oh, I'm going for the 49ers now. He was so mad at that. Like, I, that was a bad move. And I'm glad Kelsey, you know, he basically said, oh, I told him I love him. And that guy, owed that guy, everything to my career and this and that. I mean, y'all won. So it's oh, everybody was saying to Taylor Swift on social media, too. Uh, red flag. This dude can't control his temper, Taylor. Like, I've had just about enough of Travis Kelsey's mom, too. Like, you're mad show. at Mama Kelsey? Oh, yeah, she's been rolling her eyes at Taylor Swift the whole time. I'm glad Taylor Swift finally brought some of her own friends to the damn game. She had Blake Lively and, and what that, Ice? Ice Spice, yo, yo, Ice Spice. yo. Taylor was, shoots, Taylor was the third man in that crew. Blake Lively, Ice Spice, them women, they were showing out. Blake Lively, damn, yo, she knew. She knew what time it was. She knew that camera was going to be on that suite. Ryan Reynolds, man. Salute, bro. I saw that new Deadpool coming out and stuff. Man, he's doing well for himself because he got like three kids with her. To Blake and, Lively. Wow. Like the hair and everything. Man, we're going to get to the celebrities and stuff too. But, man, I can't believe you going in on Mama Kelsey like that. Look, it, I think she understands. Think about it from a mother's standpoint, okay? We're thinking, let's put, you know, our shoes in hers. Taylor's a little toxic. 
Taylor. What's Taylor? her son? I get it. And uh, she supports him. She's supportive. It's not like she's not supportive. It's not like she's saying break up with her. But she's keeping her eye on Taylor because she's seen the albums. She's seen, you know, Harry Styles is an ex. John Mayer. Oh, yeah. You're going to be you're going to be lyrics for her later. <laughs> but but Mama Kelsey is thinking like, yo, I'm I got on one side my oldest son. Center for the Eagles. He got kids, lovely wife and stuff. She probably wants that for Travis. It's not like Travis has the best reputation either. So she knows her right. youngest boy is getting into his mid-30s. In her mind, she's thinking, oh, he's probably trying to settle down. But Taylor Swift has never settled down. It's always been on to the next. And then I'm going to talk about you to everybody and make a profit off of it and have all these women backing me. Mama Kelsey don't want to see that for her boy. She doesn't think her boy deserves that. So that's just the mama trying to protect her cub. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? I I, I think it comes. <laughs> I think it's coming from a good place. The eye rolls and stuff because I mean, it hasn't been that long. It feels like they've been together for like five years. It's only been like six months. I know, and they're dropping the L word already. You don't you don't agree on that? When did you drop the L word on? L well, word. I mean, if you're dropping the L word, that's that means that's that's love. Yeah, man. Me and my Especially. wife, me and my wife were probably like two months in. When I dropped the L word, I knew when you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? I knew, oh, this is the woman I want to marry. This is the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. I feel like Travis Kelsey's at that point. And you she's know? showing that she's in it because she's flying around the world to get back for his game, and then she's down on the field kissing on him, hugging on him. Yeah, man, power couple. I think uh, I did notice that Roger Goodell spent some time talking to Taylor Swift, probably yep. saying, hey. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, good, good looking out. Yeah, you need anything? Oh, thank you. Y'all got drinks in here? Y'all got food? You know, anything you want. What do you good? need, Taylor? Yeah. You what got you your need? own suite, girl. You yeah. can let the Kelsey's in if you want, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. I saw Jason in there. I think Jason is great. I think he likes her. I think he thinks they're good. Yeah. Oh, but, he's, he's banking off it too. He's banking off it oh, too. The way that he be acting, yeah, for the podcast, you know, how he was dancing at the club with his Nacho Libre mask on and stuff, how he came to the event dressed as um What's my man's name from Hangover? Zach. Oh, Zach Galifianakis. Galifianakis. Yeah, dressing up like him when he was on the first one, when they went to Vegas with the satchel and stuff. Wolfpack. He ain't no dummy. He ain't no dummy. Which, hey, make that paper. The whole Kelsey family. You see Mama Kelsey on the Chunky Soup commercials. She getting her bag, too. They, hey. Exploit it as much as you can because it's not always going to be there to exploit. So I I can't knock it. I can't knock it. Yeah, and for the people who can't stand Travis Kelsey, Jim Nance teeing him up for the you have to fight for your right. And then Travis I mean, look, he's that guy. If he's on your team, you love him. If he's not, you hate him. Yep. I get it. And he's it's a it's amazing that the the fraternity social chairman is now 
the all-time leader in playoff receptions and is like this close to breaking all of Jerry Rice's postseason records. That guy, the drunk at the party is drunk is the guy breaking all the records all of a sudden. And that's not supposed to happen. He broke some of Gronk's too. So it's, uh, I mean, both those guys are kind of class clowns, but it, it, I mean, the guy came through. I remember seeing the seven and a half receptions for Kelsey thinking, oof. I mean, surely Fred Warner is going to try to take him away. And for a half, it looked like no chance. No chance is he going to get to seven and a half. And then he did. And you're like, Ooh. yeah. And that, that's what makes him so valuable because you're right. Fred Warner and, you know, Steve Wilkes, those guys, they had him locked up in the first half to where he was so frustrated. He came to blows with his head coach. So he's so good. How about that? Which is wild. Yeah, that that's still wild. But. Andy Reid was a good sport. Andy Reid did the right thing by not making it a distraction and understanding that, yo, for us to win this game, we need 87 to stay locked in. So this is just him being a meathead. We know that came with the gig when we drafted him and we've had him for 10 plus years. Like this is just who he is. Like we we have to deal with it in our own way. And they did that. But Travis Kelsey is so smart. His football IQ is just so ridiculous that it's just kind of like a star player at anything. You might close them up for the first half, but they'll start to figure out what you're trying to do to stop them. And once they do that, they'll start exploiting you and they'll start getting those big games. Like he started just fooling Fred Warner to where maybe things that they were doing in the first half, he was pretending like they were going to do that. Maybe on, instead of going in towards the middle, he started going out more and Fred Warner, he was lost. We forget Dre Greenlaw. It's not like they could switch. Dre Greenlaw is in the locker room, torn Achilles, which is, I still can't believe that. That was crazy. Oh, God, that hurt. He was having a great game. Oh, my gosh. And then he's just jumping up and down, getting ready to go out on the field, and he keels over. Uh, You could tell where he was grabbing that it was was, was Achilles because there was no ankle roll. Yeah, you just see that too many times from Durant in the finals. Like, you just, it's always that same. I'm pushing off, trying to go forward, and then it just gives out. Like, it's, it's brutal, man. And then the Super Bowl, like, you feel for that guy. But yeah, I just, Patrick Mahomes, baby. That dude. So, so where do you rank him? Where, where do you rank him quarterback all time? Mahomes now. Oh, number two. Number two. Yeah. I mean, it's six AFC championship games in six years as a starter and three Super Bowls. I mean, yeah, he is. He is tracking, man. Yeah. Because I didn't see Montana play. I saw Aikman a little bit, but I was very young. Obviously, I've seen highlights of both of those guys a ton. But just the – again, it just looks so easy. Like, it does look like he's playing Sandlot, just backyard football out there, improvising. You know what I'm saying? He's always doing this stuff. <laughs> you know, he's, all, he's always doing this. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, Give me a play. Yeah, yeah me a play. he's constantly in the zone. And I'm like, man, this guy, like Tony Romo, to compare him to Michael Jordan, hey, 
that ain't crazy at all. See, to me, the sign of a great quarterback is you can do it with different casts. And Brady certainly did it with different casts because the Patriots were never investing big in skill players. So Brady had to coach those dudes up and spend time with them in the offseason and get them to run shit exactly the way he wanted them to. Mahomes has had Kelsey the whole time, but he has had, you know, Rasheed Rice was his number one receiver this year. He had Tyreek Hill. He loves Tyreek Hill. They weren't keeping Tyreek Hill. So now he's starting to do it with different casts. And so, you know, I put him at number two. Yeah. I mean, Montana pretty much did it with the same cast, Roger Craig, Jerry Rice, you know, John Taylor, Aikman, same cast, Irvin, Emmett, Novacek. So, Ooh. yeah, I mean, but it's impressive. Did you see Andy Reid get on top of Chris Jones? Yes, that was great. And then he couldn't get up. <laughs> like he literally, like Jones is laying on the turf, practically doing snow angels. And Andy Reid comes over to him, gets down on top of him and like is, you know, we did it. Yeah. And then he's trying to get up and he's rubbing his belly. I mean, it was funny. And then he's trying to get up and he needed like two people to help him up. And that's, that's when you're like, oh man. Travis Kelsey really did almost knock him over. Like, right. he's he's not exactly nimble. No. And that's the thing. Like, when we talked to John and stuff, which John doesn't think he's going to retire anytime soon because he's like, what's he going to do? Like, all he has is football, you know. But then you see his wife with him and stuff. Like, she didn't leave his side after the game was Harry, over. Terry like, Reed. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's. He's a sweetheart. Yeah, no, she looks very sweet, you know, ride or die. She looks like, hey, all right, you know, you, you're winning. You've won a lot now. When are you going to come to me? When are you going to say, you know, I'm a grandfather now? And because, again, there's some women that think, okay, it's time. But then there's also women like the Brittany Mahomes who are like, yo, let's keep this thing rolling. And I don't know which one she is, but if he – wants to keep doing this i feel like it's easy with patrick mahomes and just having all the guys that he does like the only way he's retiring is if he's got health problems because you don't walk away from 15 right like but think about andy reed in philadelphia he had a really good quarterback kind of a dak prescott type quarterback in donovan McNabb, damn who was really really good right up until the Super Bowl. And Terrell Owens sure let the world hear about it, basically calling him a choker. And Andy had Michael Vick, who was Haley's Comet-type player, but struggled with injuries. And now he's got 15. Like, we knew Andy Reid was a genius, but he couldn't get over the hump because – Maybe he didn't have the quarterback. Now he's got the quarterback. And when you've got the quarterback, unless you're Bill Belichick and you're trying to like get rid of Tom Brady because you're worried you're not getting enough credit, and then you push him out the door, and now everyone knows you didn't deserve any more credit than you were getting. Like I think Andy Reid, and he's Andy Reid said today he's coming back. 
next year um, at his press conference. But um, he's like, I don't even know why I'm getting these questions. I guess because some of the old guys like Pete and Bill have retired. Now I'm the old guy. I mean, he's funny. Oh, he's hilarious, man. Like, he loves the hamburger questions, cheeseburger. Like, when they ask him, what's your favorite cheeseburger and stuff? And, you know, how his playbook looks like a Waffle House menu. (laughs) Like, he just, he lets it ride and he embraces it, you know? And you see it with his team. Even though yesterday they were uncharacteristically, like, tight. But most of the time they play really loose. Yeah, and they just have a lot of fun, you know, with the play calling and all the celebrations and stuff. So that's why yesterday was just so odd with, you know, Patrick Mahomes throwing the pick, Pacheco fumbling, just Kelsey losing his mind, Rasheed Rice losing his mind, you know, at the end of the game. Which you're right, he was open, but still, come on, bro, you a rookie. We've been here before. Shut your ass up. Shut up. Don't don't question me if that's why Patrick Mahomes probably like Patrick Mahomes probably gave a big hug after the game it was like, hey dog, don't question me no more on national TV. You get your ring, enjoy all the endorsements that are gonna come with it. You know what I'm saying? You probably had no clue when you enrolled in the SMU a few years ago that you'd be great at decision. Level. Great decision, yes, great decision. Hope you got your degree because that's gonna take you some places too. But still, understand where you at, bruh. Understand how blessed you are and be grateful because you're playing with somebody that's one of the greatest to ever throw the pigskin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that uh that was weird. Like I didn't see urgency from Mahomes until the fourth quarter. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Like he was possessed against the Bills. He was possessed against the Ravens. I didn't see urgency until the fourth quarter. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, even though he was locked in against the Ravens and stuff, it wasn't like they were lighting up the scoreboard. They scored zero points in the second half. And that's because the Ravens' D right. is legit. Yes, their D is very good. But, yeah, I, I think it just kind of goes with where this Chiefs team was the whole year, you know, as – Good as they are, great as they are, back-to-back Super Bowl champions, three in the last five years. This Chiefs team, are they as good as the other ones? You know, when they had Tyreek Hill or, you know, last year? I, I The defense was, but the offense definitely wasn't. With all the drops after Rice as a wide receiver, MVS came along finally. But see what they had to do with Kadarius Tony. Sky Moore don't even play no more. Sky Moore was huge in last year's Super Bowl against the Eagles. They don't even play that brother no more. You know what I'm saying? So it's no, just... it's all McKinnon and and uh, not the other Kadarius white boy Tony. where everybody says is that Kelsey but Christian Watson. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Justin Watson. Yeah, we're just sorry, Justin Watson. Justin the Watson. like Pacheco was not the same to the point where I was like, get Clyde Edwards Hilaire in there. Cause Clyde Edwards Hilaire can break tackles. Like he got beat out. They're both really talented. Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire was a key part of the Super Bowl when they beat the 49ers four years ago. Yeah. And he's, he's no chump. 
And I thought Pacheco, I thought it really bothered him after the fumble. And he didn't look right. Like, remember in Top Gun? Did you ever see Top Gun? First one or second? I mean, I've seen yeah. both. But the original. Uh, yeah. Where the guy's like, uh, I, I got messed up up there. I got a wife and kid. I almost orphaned him, you know, and he didn't want to go to Top Gun. And, like, he didn't – he wasn't right. Yeah. And Pacheco looked like that guy to me. Mm. The fumble. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, the 49ers were gashing the Chiefs with McCaffrey on the ground. And then he fumbles, and Kyle kind of backs off. And it's like, no. No, you were gashing them. Keep Go back to gashing them. He'll hang on to the ball. Yeah. And, and Pacheco, meanwhile, wasn't doing anything on the ground. But they kind of stuck with it. I think what he ended up with, he ended up with uh, 18 carries for 59 yards. And, and McCaffrey ended up with 22 carries. Probably should have had 30. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. There was no rhythm to that game at all until, like, 20 minutes to play. Yeah. But. Kudos to the Chiefs, man. They uh, they won the game. They took it. Yeah, Malcolm McCall Harmon, who started I mean, off with the New York Jets. Yeah, that, like Prod- okay, the prodigal Hardman. Yeah, like you won the Super Bowl last year. They get rid of your ass. The Jets don't need you, so you get picked back up and you win another one. You have to change your number and everything. Like, and then you scored a winning touchdown, and now you're on, like, Good Morning America and shit. Like, come on, man. I know Jets fans are sick right now because they were expected, especially with Aaron Rodgers, if he were healthy, Harmon to be a good player for them, you know, to go along with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and those guys. So for him to come out on top, mm, Jets fans, I know that hurts a little bit. I mean – so he's been a part of Hardman's been a part of two. Has he been a part of all three? I don't think so. Cause I want to say he was the replacement for Tyreek Hill, but I could be wrong. Let's see here. So they won it in in twenty. 23 24. Yeah, he was part of. Uh, no, he was. T- well, yeah, he was. He was a part of all three. Damn. Wow. Wow. Good for him. How about that? Jeez, oh, man. How about that? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. That's That's greedy, man. That's some greedy work. That's some greedy work. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Super so Bowl, three times Super Bowl champion. Jeez. Yeah. All right. So let, let's go over this Super or halftime show because you thought it was a dud. I said that with which we all know. Obviously, look at my complexion. If y'all know who mean what I'm about. Very black household. Only person that was white up in there was my wife. So. Me going out and saying that the Usher performance was 7.5. I don't know when my sister's going to talk to me again. 
Because when Usher took his shirt off, she almost fainted. Like, my sister, she been, she older than me, so she was around my way, Usher, when he first came out. So she, so she said, thought he was an 11. Yeah, she she has him at 11. Like, you can't say nothing to Usher. Like, you can't say nothing about him. So you know me. I'm going to be objective. I'm going to keep it real. I don't care if that's Michael Jackson up there. Like, I don't care. I'm going to give you, if it's good, it's good. If it ain't so good, it ain't so good. Everybody got their own opinion. 7.5. There were too many things that were just question marks for me. You know? For one, I didn't know who the hell Will I Am was when he first got up there. I had to go on Twitter to be like, yo, who's that dude with the helmet and the goggles and stuff? And everybody was like, that's Will I Am. If we don't know who you are and you got a mic, that's a problem. We, we yeah. got to know. I know who Lil John is. I know who D- Jermaine Dupri is. You know, I saw her, H-E-R. She was up there with the guitar and stuff. Oh, I yeah. knew everybody was. She but, can jam my guitar. Oh, she's so talented, man. She is super talented. But will I am? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. SD, like, he's still alive. That's the type of stuff I'm on. Like, bring out Fergie, at least. Will I am? That ain't the black IP I was trying to see. But they brought him on, and I guess, you know, he did all right. But Alicia Keys, one of the best singers of all time, she botches the first verse of the song. Yeah, she got a little lump in that throat when she was trying to hit that high note. And that that wasn't a good look, but as good as she looked, it's okay. And then Usher putting his arms around her and stuff like that. Come on, man. Have some respect. Have some respect. Like Swiss Beats, that's your that should be your guy, man. It's an honor that Swiss Beats is saying, you know what? Even though the song's called My Boo. I'm going to go let you perform on there because I love you as my wife and you're talented and you deserve this and you deserve this moment of being at the halftime Super Bowl. But for Usher to wrap his arms around her and stuff like that and get close to her ear and stuff, that's a lot. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. If that's my wife, we fighting. We fighting, Usher Raymond. We fighting. And you're going to have to make a confessions part two of you getting your ass whooped. Because that's uncalled for, man. And Swiss Beats, he took the high road because he has no choice and went to social media talking about, oh, y'all worried about the wrong thing. These are two legendary entertainers doing what they do best. I'm here for my wife. I support her. He said the right thing because he had to. and He didn't want to be that insecure guy. But Usher, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He was wrong for. Look at you seducing her like that but you know why it's wrong too though chip is because he's literally had celebrities kiki palmer that him and her uh her husband broke up because he lost it due to usher singing to her at his residency in vegas that ain't a good look so if you're Usher and you see that happening, which it ain't all Usher's fault, he, you know, that couple broke up. They obviously have more stuff going on at home. But still, if you Usher and you have a heart, you look at that and you say, hmm, maybe I should tone it back a little bit. Because it's, it's Usher. You know what? Usher knows how sexy he is. He ain't dumb. He knew what he was doing when he took that shirt off. I love he ain't it. dumb. We got, the, we got the love police going here. Here, let me tell you why I thought it was a dud. And it didn't have anything to do with him snuggling up on Alicia Keys. Mm. It's because the game was sucking 
at that point, and I needed something hot. Like, I needed something like, you know how the Super Bowl halftime show with Dr. Dre and Inglewood when they were at SoFi? Dr. Dre and Inglewood? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it was it was Snoop, it was Dre, it was Eminem, it was 50 Cent, it was Kendrick Lamar, right? Mary J. Blige. I mean, the hits were coming so fast and furious you couldn't even keep up. Yeah. But they were all with a big beat and a like the crowd was up out of their seats. Usher was like singing some slow song special, like we were at a seventh grade dance. See, I, that's what I was saying. I didn't know if he had a big enough bag. I didn't think he had a big enough. I didn't think he had a big enough catalog to be the halftime. He doesn't. Because, like I said, I wasn't kidding. They he should have played, you know, that DJ song with Pitbull. He should have, even though he's featured on that Pitbull song, he should have played it because everyone would have known it, and they would have been up dancing. Yeah, because he played about. You're supposed to get like seven songs. Five of them were slow. And then he played, you know, the two yeah. songs that everybody knows for the, you know, and ended with yeah, but with the roller skates. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He has a bigger bag than the weekend. Yes. Usher has a bigger bag than the weekend. No but way. That's, yeah, yeah, he does. Post yeah, Malone has a way bigger oh, bag. You're, you're wilding. You're wilding oh, now. Oh, it's not even close. You're wilding. Post, Post Malone. not even close. You don't listen to Post Malone then. I listened to him enough to know he ain't got a bigger bag than Usher. Post Malone is. But, but Post Malone's a lot of his stuff is like kind of slow too. Yeah, like, but it's mean, it's got a big beat to it at least. <laughs> but that 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 is the thing. Usher, some of his most popular songs are slow jams. Right. It was like you know? listening to Keith Sweat. Stop. Like Babyface. Stop, man. Or Luther, like I thought, I thought that's what, like, I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? No, man. All right, be Luther, but oh my gosh, it was Yo, slow songs. That hey, that's what I will. I feel you. You ain't you ain't telling anything that's not facts, mm -hmm. man. Who are we gonna I, go I, get next year? Sade, Sade. <laughs> like if we want slow yeah. songs. Yeah, that, that's why, I'm, like, when Beyonce had hers, everything was fast beat. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of just R&B singers. Everything was, you know, Beyonce, mm. Crazy in Love, where you can see the moves. Yeah. Usher, yeah, because he took the shirt off. We have, You don't have to take the shirt off, bro. We know what you're working with. You ain't oh, got to take the shirt off. The ladies wanted him to take the, the shirt off. The ladies wanted him to take the shirt off. I know there were prop bets on it. I heard a guy made 10 grand of Usher taking their shirt off, whatever. But that's, this ain't it. This ain't this ain't that moment. See, only DJ, women, DJ's only women calling, think that it was good. DJ's calling me Skip, and says, "Give him another five songs." Okay, well, DJ, you were probably snuggled up next to your girl. <laughs> yeah, y'all were probably <laughs> hand under the blanket. Yeah, you were probably ready to get it on because the game was so bad. And suddenly, here comes Usher singing "Sweet Nothings." Your girl's getting all frisky. And you you were loving it. See that, that. <laughs> but for those of us who were at a Super Bowl party with a bunch of people, and the game was sucking, we needed some. We needed like a Prince type halftime show where, like when her came out, 
she's a prince protege on the guitar oh she looks i was so like good. oh this is nice like that then it started to jam then i was like yeah there's a yeah. rumor that there's a rumor that she's dating Mikel Bridges for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh my gosh, that dude! If he bags that, man, salute to him. I saw they have like a little video where she's a pretty good shooter too. She's one of those um, chicks that works out with Lethal Shooter, the very, very popular shooting coach. So they have a video of her at the Brooklyn Nets facilities getting up shots and she's like knocking down like 10 in a row from the three-point line good form and all like which even makes her hotter than what she is now because she could play sports she's super athletic but yeah man i dude he was sweating like he was sweating like whitney houston (laughs) whitney on the pipe yeah Yeah. usher was sweating like whitney can't do confessions Huh? Like confessions isn't a Super Bowl type song that you could perform. He performed that one, right? Confe- Do you know what confessions is about? Confessions. No. I wanted literally- him to sing the one about the girl on the pole. What is that? I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah, he's like, I don't mind that you, you know, work till three a.m. on the pole as long as you're coming home with me. It's got a good little hook to it. I mean, it's all about how his girlfriend's a stripper, and is like. Make that money, 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 you know. So oh, I, gotta I don't mind up. featuring Juicy J. Yeah. Sure. Like, that's a good song. Yeah, that's not nostalgic enough, though. I, that's more like Usher 2010s plus. Like, yeah, it was it was a weird list. It was a weird set. Yo, Jermaine Dupree was tripping. Oh. Jermaine Dupree was tripping. Jermaine, yeah. Jermaine. He was tripping. But what about Luda? And that he lost a bet with that costume he had to wear. That was terrible. Luda looked terrible. And Luda Luda don't need to look terrible. Luda saved that halftime show. Luda's an actor. Luda's an entertainer now. We want a lady in the streets, but a freak in the bed. That's the best line of that whole damn song. (laughs) And it's delivered by Luda. And he was dressed like a cartoon character. (laughs) But that's how he always dressed. Like, go watch Ludacris videos from back in the day to, you know, songs like Saturday and Move Bitch, Get Out the Way. He's always doing some weird stuff. Like, he's always dressed up like a cartoon character. Like, that's him. He is not like the stereotypical, I'm hard, you know, we got to look tough and cool all the time. Like, that's one thing that I could salute about Luda. He doesn't care about looking crazy and dressing up in weird costumes and stuff. He's always done that bit for the last 25 years. So that wasn't nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, that that's Luda. That's I wouldn't expect anything less. I wouldn't expect anything less. Like his videos growing up as a kid, I would always be thinking like, man, there's some serious drugs going on as you show up that uh, picture of Luda at the Super Bowl. That's just him. He's a weird guy. You know, Fast and Furious, he's an entertainer. He don't care. Like, Usher's got, you know, built-in pecs and abs into his costume. Look at Luda's little skinny legs coming out of those shorts, <laughs> going into those moon boots. Yeah, he's not a big guy. No, he's like, not. He's, he's like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, tops. So, yeah, he's going to look a little odd. 
depending on the fit. But, I don't know. I thought it was a dud. Yeah. That's, just, I, that's me. It wasn't one of the better ones in years past. Somebody on our Coda text line hit us up, 512-222-9328. Got a little order for us, top three shows, says Prince, one, Bruno Mars, two, Shakira and J-Lo, three. Shakira and J-Lo, just because of their booties. Yeah, that the way them things was twerking around, that's, I don't even remember what song they performed. I just remember them doing the little shake and then the look back. Ooh, man. Which she, I think she looked Prince, good in the commercial, by the way. The Dunkin' Donuts commercial. That stood out. I thought that no. dragged, but it was funny. I thought the Beyonce Verizon made her look bad. What? Where she's like trying to break the internet every time and she can't. But that that the whole thing is that she did. Is because like at the end she was like new music on the way, and then she dropped two songs yesterday which I think are country songs. I haven't heard them, but for everything that I'm seeing on social media, they're country songs. So she did kind of break the internet. Yeah, but in that commercial, she's like constantly checking with the guy to see if she's breaking. He's like, you're not breaking it. I don't know. I thought the commercial was bad. If Beyonce doesn't do anything, like you rarely see her. So for her to do that makes it pretty good. Because I didn't expect her to be at any commercial, which for Raja, Yeah, I mean, I, she's self-deprecating in it, which I think is great because it shows she has a sense of humor. Yeah, I just thought it wasn't – they didn't pull it off. And I thought the Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts thing was over the top. I thought J-Lo was the best part of that thing. You know, can we talk about this? Because he's trying to be a rapper. The funniest line is it in that commercial was he goes – you're blinded by pinstripes. Uh, I mean, he's basically saying A-Rod, which I oh, thought was. That's how you took it? Yeah. Oh, shit. That, that went over my head. I thought it was because J-Lo's from the Bronx and she'd always be a Yankees fan. Yeah, but. I, I, he's hey, like, you're blinded you're, by pinstripes. Yo, Perse Chip, what are you? Yo, per <laughs> You being messy. I didn't that, think about that. Wow. That didn't come, that didn't come to your mind. Her it, only other husband no, was A-Rod. That went over my head. Because, again, I don't think that he Ben would take a shot like that. But also, Jenny from the block, she's from the Bronx. So him being a Red Sox guy, being from Boston, her being a Bronx gal, being from New York, Yankees fan, Red Sox. Well, then she, he could have picked anything other than the Yankees to make that point. Could have been you're you're blinded by the Empire State or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't have I, to say pinstripes. I, I'm with it because that's messy as hell. I'm with it, especially since this is the second go around for Benefer. You know, it wasn't like if you're a Rod, that's a shitty feeling. That yo, have you always been in love with this dude? Was I or is it just like? Were you just waiting for the opportunity to throw my ass to the curb to get back with him? You know, because back in 2002, or they were together. Obviously, they grew apart, and she did her thing, and he did his thing, and now they're back. And, yeah, if, that, if that's a shot, then, yo, 
which our guy Rex says you're reaching a little bit, but hey, go ahead and reach, Gary Payton. Go ahead and reach. You never know. Hey, if I thought deal, about man. it, if I thought about it, I wasn't the only one. <laughs> you being real messy, man. You being real messy. I love it. For somebody that loves some mess, I, I love it and I respect it. Now, you might be uninvited from the cookout because you've dissed Usher and Beyonce both I in love a 30-minute span. Oh, she looked good. When they showed her and Hove in the stands with her blonde hair, wow. Like, come on, man. Like, it's just – it should be illegal to look that good. Like, Jay-Z doesn't deserve – Jay-Z's my guy, one of my favorite rappers all the time. After he cheated where her sister Solange whooped his ass in the elevator and stuff, I don't think he deserves it no more. You know, I know they got kids and stuff. And, guys, you could change, but Jay-Z, nah, bro. Nah, that's inexcusable. That's a nah? That's a nah for me. That, you know, what about, that's what about a, the – what about the Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, I thought that was good. Like going a good neighbor. To, yeah, going and the back guy's to, like neighbor. It's neighbor. And he's like, that's what I said, neighbor. <laughs> and then he's everywhere he's at, he's like, neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. And then they finally bring in Danny DeVito. So Arnold can say, and like a good, and then DeVito says, neighbor. That was funny. That was funny. Yeah, going back to their twins days. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was solid. What else was there? Um, I yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't I mean, they always have Budweiser Clydesdale's commercials with the little dog, and that's great. Those are touching. But I, I wasn't overly impressed <clears throat> with the commercials this year. Yeah. Didn't walk away saying, oh, genius. Doritos normally has a great commercial. You didn't like that one where the old women are chasing the dude with the Doritos? Or you missed it? I missed it, maybe. Yeah. It wasn't like the normal Doritos. They're coming out with, like, I don't know. They look like Takis now. They look like Mexican chips, even though... I don't know, Doritos are supposed to be Mexican, even though it's Frito-Lay. But still, they, they look like Takis. They're making different types of those, just the Doritos brand. And that was the commercial it had. Oh, Wednesday Adams. What's that girl's name that plays Wednesday Adams? Um, Jenna Ortega. She was in it. She was, like, pushing the cart, and she was with these old women, and they started chasing the dude with a Doritos bag because the dude got the last bag of Doritos. Oh, it was all right. But yeah, nothing nothing was really crazy good. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do with the Super Bowl halftime show next year. Yeah. But whoever it is is gonna love following Usher. Yeah. So it's in New Orleans. I that <laughs> would be a great halftime show that no one's ever heard of from New Orleans trombone shorty trombone shorty I uh, who is yeah that? not a lot of people know who he is but that dude slams I mean he slams ain't he, no way this dude's gonna can headlight the Super Bowl no they'll never give it to him but he'd be better than Usher 
Oh, I don't know about all that. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd say cash money and no limit combined, but that might be way too black for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, even I know as much as I would love that. Well, where's Kendrick? Kendrick I mean, should have done this. I mean, I get, like, if we're doing Dr. Dre and that was the big breakthrough for hip-hop, well, then come right back with Kendrick. Don't go to Usher. I'd be good with Kendrick. Kendrick, you kill it. Like, every yeah. single song Kendrick played, people be like, But that's the thing. There's, like, Kendrick's so new still. You know, you're talking about a guy whose first few albums came around 2010, 2011. So it won't have that like nostalgia feel as the right. people. But neither did the weekend. Like that's why his was kind of up and oh my down, God. you know. So my dad was on his deathbed during that Super Bowl and he was going in and out of sleep. Literally, he was like in hospice. And he loved Tom Brady. So he's like trying to watch the Super Bowl and he wakes up during the halftime show and he goes, what the bleep is this? And I'm like, oh, we can change it. He goes, no, I want to see how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the weekend. So I was all about that halftime show. But well, weekends, yeah, baby, I, making music too. Yeah, but man, he's got some, he's got some hooks in that thing that it works. That's the thing. The Usher stuff is he played stuff that doesn't have a big beat in it, you know, doesn't have the get up out of your seatness to it. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he was probably better off doing five songs, but doing the full version of them so you could eat up that 15 minutes. Like he wasn't sticking with songs that long. And then you go to Alicia Keys, My Boo, that's slow. You know, like my way, I guess that could have been a little faster or a little longer. But when you start doing that seven o'clock on the dot and stuff, nah, that ain't it. Sure and you know what? You know what's crazy? I mean, CB's joking. How about some Tupac and Biggie holograms? I'll take but that. Timberlake, JT, Justin Timberlake, he could do it. Oh, yeah. What are you shaking oh, your head for? Last time he was up there, we saw a titty. He can't. We can't play him. We can't bring him back. You can't bring him back. That's he ridiculous. I, I think so, too. He did I that agree. because Janet wanted him to do it. Oh, we're blaming Janet. Of course we are. You think he'd have done that if she didn't tell him to do it? Yes. Justin Timberlake ain't that old choir boy that we think he is, man. Go read right Britney now. Spears' book. You're I killing know me right now. He would have been arrested. He would have been arrested for sexual assault. Uh, if... He would have. I, okay. That was with her blessing. He wanted everyone to see that nipple pierced. <laughs> CB said he did it in 52. I don't remember that. Yeah, he, he did. did. He could do it. He could see? do it every year. Okay. Nothing. But I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know who'd be next, man. I yo, bring me some Master P, Lil Wayne, Juvenile. There you go. Come on, man. Four hundred degrees. 
Ice and Cube. New Orleans. See, the, I mean, Ice Cube would have been good for the L.A. one a couple of years ago, which was he not on that one? You better check yourself for you wreck yourself. <laughs> there, there, oh. go. there it is. But why wasn't he on that one? Him and Dre. No Vaseline. Cool? Yeah, he, he can't perform that where he's dissing Dr. Dre and Easy E and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. That, that was epic, though. All right, we got to get to we got to we're we're coming in on the commentaries here. Um, let me tell you real quick about Apple Leasing. They always deliver, unlike Usher's halftime show. Um, Apple Leasing is going to get you into a brand new car, better car than you thought you could afford because you're not paying for the future trade-in value of that car, and you're picking any make or model of car to lease. And that is where you've never had a new car experience like this because normally you go to a dealership, they're gonna they're going to talk you into something on their lot, whether that car is good for you or not. Whereas Apple Leasing is just going to help you make sure that you're getting into the right car for you. And then say you do want to change making and model a car two, three years into the lease. No problem. The easy lease. You lease from a dealership, they're not going to let you out of that lease to go to another make and model a car. So it's real simple. Apple Leasing. Give them a call. 346 9977 Visit AppleLeasing.com. Tell them Chip Brown sent you. And the Brain Vault mouth guard was in the Super Bowl last night because the Brain Vault mouth guard is changing the game. This is the mouth guard because it is the only mouth guard that is proven, patented to protect your competitors and yourself from the effects of concussion. So, why would you wear any other mouth guard? And it was developed right here in Austin, Texas by Dr. Austin's dentist, Dr. Greg Eckert, Dr. U-E-C-K-E-R-T. And if you're the coach or the, you know, one of the, the team mom, parent, they'll do group fittings. They'll come to you to do group fittings for your team. Just go to brainvault.com. And it's Monday, kids. That's all night happy hour at Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. I mean, you're going to get $5 off the beginnings menu, which has the grilled oysters. It has the New Orleans barbecue shrimp, the chowder fries, plus dollar raw oysters during happy hour. If you love oysters, this is your place. Salt Traders, Coastal Cooking, Zilker, Round Rock. And... Don't forget about our man, uh, Tom McKay, audiovisual consultations. Maybe you watched the Super Bowl last night and realized I don't have the big screen of my dreams. I need to call my man, Tom McKay, in audiovisual consultations. And that would be a smart move because if you call 255-8678, Tom and his crew are going to bring everything to you from the free consultation to installation, whether it's big screen, surround sound, uh, electronic shade, surveillance, new lighting. Just call 255-8678 and you are in business. Zay? What up? For the chip shot today, of course, got to talk a little Texas football. Football season never ends. Longhorns. One of the um, statements that I thought flew under the radar last week from Steve Sarkeesian was when he was asked about the 
basically he was asked if he thought that Nick Saban, um, you know, retired because he was getting tired of dealing with NIL and the transfer portal. And it kind of led to an, an answer um, from Sarkeesian where he said, I kind of welcome the challenge. Quote, I kind of think I'm pretty equipped for this thing and looking forward to it and enjoying it. And I think we're benefiting from some of the change in college football because I think we've kind of been built for this thing and been building towards it, end quote. So while other coaches are complaining and maybe belaboring the, you know, the NIL age and transfer portal rules, Sarkeesian is nothing but positive and I like it. I'm built for it. But at the same time, he was very careful to say that he's not interested in recruits who make NIL their top priority. And he said, um, I think it's a slippery slope when you're talking about building a culture and building a team of how much you pour into that other side of this thing, how much NIL and all that. The reality of it is, he said, I want players who want to come to the University of Texas because of all the right reasons. And he, he said, uh, if, you, if you're not coming for the right reasons, you're not going to be happy. It's not going to work out for you. And in a year or two, you're going to be back in the portal. And, you know, he talked about the culture of his program. And he said, we've worked so hard to get it to this point. Um, that was Sarkeesian talking about the team's culture. Quote, I'm just very cautious of relinquishing that just to sign the next best player because the next best player might not be the next best player for Texas. We have to be mindful of those things as we keep moving forward. So, I just think this is what you want to hear if you're a Texas fan because, yeah, Texas is equipped to, to flourish in the NIL age. They have resources. They have boosters who will write checks for NIL. But I like that Sarkeesian has got his filter and is listening. He said, I – go out of my way to listen for signs of whether the player's more into the NIL than into Texas. And this was a big year for Texas football. Not only winning the Big 12, I mean, I think if you heard the Sarkeesian and the players after the Iowa State game, it's because they said they finally had the five-star culture to go with the five-star talent. And now you're losing all these Big-time experienced leaders, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford, A.D. Mitchell, Worthy, you know, all these guys, um, Christian Jones, who were part of your culture, who were big-time ambassadors of that in the locker room. And you got to make sure that that culture is still there. Your culture is only going to be as strong as your returning players make it. And I just think that, Sarkeesian gets it, and it sounds to me like 
he's doing his part on the front end to make sure that, you know, even if they're going to help some guys with NIL money, once they get to Texas, that those guys are about the team and not being selfish because it just takes one bad batch of recruits. I mean, look at the, the players who were here in 2021 and everyone talked about the culture was off. Okay. Well then they got rid of those players. The culture was good. So I think in this day and age, you want to have a coach who's paying attention to that kind of stuff. So kudos. Yeah. Yeah. For Sarkeesian on that one. Yeah, for sure. You know, I saw CJ Baxter on the third and Longhorn podcast talking about, you know, big reason why he came to Texas. He noticed that a lot of alums stick around in Austin, you know, and Sark's right. Being at Texas, being able to adapt to where college football is going, whether that's with the transfer portal or NIL, the resources here are so much different than some of the other blue bloods, you know, in the country. So you got to be able to adjust to what you're given here at the 40 acres. And I think Sark is prepped as good as anybody and understands that more than anybody. And yeah, it gives you the ability to weed out guys who aren't here for the right reasons, because you know, there are a ton of guys around the country that would love the opportunity to play at the university of Texas and get it. And you could bring guys in with positive and just that good culture that you need to where those issues, they shouldn't be a problem. Now you're going to get a couple of guys that are going to, you know, just be here for the coin. But again, hopefully their radar could be on the ones that are here for the right reasons and the ones that aren't and the ones that are here stick around the ones that aren't get the boot. Just what it is. So yeah, I like what Sark, you know, means with some of his statements there. And I think going into year four, first year in the SEC, they're as good, you know, position wise as I could I even imagine looking at two years ago, knowing that they're going to make that jump to the Southeastern Conference. So, yeah, shout out to the football team. You know, they're still in winter workouts right here. I've heard rumors on Colin Simmons maybe gaining weight. Is that true? Can you confirm that? Gaining good weight? Is that is that just rumors going around, or is there something me, to that? Let me look into that. All right, look into that. I just, just hearing stuff, but, yeah, this is the time, the grind time. You know, you heard Patrick Mahomes right after they won the Super Bowl. He already talking about number three in the row. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, that mindset, you need that. You need that. Right when you lost at the Sugar Bowl, you should have been thinking, all right, when we get back in the lab, when we get back to training, let me go, you know, recover from all these injuries due to the season, and then let's come back even stronger and see how we can get back to this point and even better. That's what it's all about. If you want to be great, Hell all yeah. right, let's get to the right call with my man, Zay Collier. All right, all right, all right. Before the right call, though, 
Shout out Covert B Cave. You want to be riding clean in the greater Austin area, and you got to go do it with Covert B Cave. They've been doing it for over 100 years, man. When you go on Mopac and 35 and 183, you're probably going to see a Covert car. And Covert B Cave, they do it better than everyone else. They provide the customer with a high-quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles as well as outstanding customer service and satisfaction you're gonna find what you want at covert b cave go to covertbcave.com for all the latest specials and inventory you're gonna see the seven amazing brands dodge jeep ram gmc cadillac chrysler and buick nobody beats a covert deal not now not ever all right chip texas basketball man 36 point win Five starters all in the double figures, 28 assists. Come on, That's man. Ronnie Terry, what's up, man? Best game, best performance of the season. That's what I'm talking about. Yo, ride this momentum. Ride this momentum. The worst thing from a game like that is the freaking five-game wait until the next one. Five, five days. Five days, excuse me. Five-day wait. Thank you. Until the next one. Because, boy, man, you kind of want it to be like a March Madness scenario where you play the next, you know, every other day type stuff. And you keep that chemistry and you keep that rhythm. Because, yeah, man, that team that I saw, that ain't the team that anybody wants to see in March. Now, you still, if you have a terrible fallout, you can still be talking in IT. So, again, you got to take this momentum and keep it positive. But if they play like that, man. If Dylan DeSue has that type of mindset to where, yo, I don't give a damn where you are, my defender's at, I'm going to shoot this thing right in your grill. Jesse Edwards. of eight to start the game. Six of six from three for Dylan DeSue. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Edwards, his eyes still red for all the times Dylan DeSue was dotting them from the three-point line because, yo, that's what happens. When you take a guy out on the perimeter – and you're already known as a good three-point shooter, but Dylan DeSue embarrassed them by taking them off the dribble, making them fall, and then dunking on somebody for his first two points of the game. And then after that, he just started raining threes. And if you get that Dylan DeSue, yo, that's a dude that we might see in the association five to ten years. Cause Just think of how he ended the Iowa State game, remember? 17 yeah. points in the final eight minutes. And then he just picks right back up. And like you yeah. said, now they don't play again until next Saturday. So they're going yeah. a week. And it's at Houston, a team they felt like they probably should have closed the door on, but lost 76-72 in overtime. But, man, I'm all I'm all about this game Saturday. Oh, I love it. Like Tyrese Hunter, welcome back. Welcome back, bro. Welcome back. All of eight, and then he goes eight of 12. Dude, when he, that points. dunk that he had off the steal when the Horns had three straight dunks, it started with a Kendall Weaver tip-in. Then Dylan uh, Mitchell gets a steal breakaway where he does his signature windmill dunk where he jumps off the same leg that he dunks the ball with. And then Tyrese Hunter, who looked like he took off from the free throw line. Like, it was that fast. It looked like all the anger – that he had and just struggling these last few games went into that dunk. 
he mashed that shit so hard, man. Like, we all felt that one. And after that, like, I saw Dylan Mitchell. He talked about it on his social media on uh, Instagram. He said, yo, looking at that dunk in person was so much crazier than it may seem. Like, that was a nasty dunk that had a lot of anger into it. And, I, hey, I, I want that for Tyrese Hunter, man. He needed this type of game. And shout out to Rodney Terry. When they were already blowing out West Virginia – and they were in the last four minutes, he left Tyrese Hunter in the game just to give him even more confidence. He took out Max Aismas and Dylan DeSue, which makes Tyrese Hunter the main offensive threat. And Tyrese Hunter started draining threes, hit like three big ones from deep. And it's like, all right, let's get let's keep this guy's swagger back. That's the Tyrese Hunter that you need if you want to make any type of run in March. You know, Kendall Weaver cutting to the basket, Max Aismas, terrific game, playmaking and shooting. You know, Dylan Mitchell's defense was great. Like, if, that, if the starting lineup could play like that game in and game out, which is unreasonable because this is the Big 12. There are a lot better teams in West Virginia. West Virginia, West Virginia probably won't make the tournament, but they did beat you once. They did beat a Kansas team where Kansas had all their time top dogs playing in that game in Morgantown. Like, they're not no uh, simp, you know. They're not no scrub. So beating them the way that they did is very impressive. And, yeah, I need that. I need that going into Houston. I need that when you go to Waco and have to play Baylor. Oklahoma's coming into town. You still got to go to Allen Fieldhouse. Yo, realistically, you can still win the Big 12 regular season if you win out. Now, that's that's steep. That's very steep, but this team, when they're playing at the top of their abilities, like it's not like they're getting blown out by Iowa State. They're not getting blown out by Houston. They're in the game. The last bad game they played overall was against BYU. That was a horrible game in Provo. So that team, I don't think we're going to see that team anymore because Coach Terry found his rotation. They found their identity. And I think they know how to play game in and game out. Like, there's no shot that Max Aismas and Dylan DeSue can't take. Like, their green light has expanded. You know what I'm saying? To where shots that maybe they weren't taking earlier in the season, they're allowed to take now due to what everybody else is capable of. But if Kendall Weaver could continue to do what he's doing offensively, cutting to the basket at the right times, crashing the offensive glass to where he's getting tip dunks, getting steals. Dylan Mitchell, same thing. Getting to his spots to where he's taking easy shots. That's what that's you know within the offense, running the break. Tyrese Hunter being aggressive, going to the rim, shooting that floater, you know, knocking down shots from the outside. If they can stay with that rhythm and that confidence and Coach Terry and this coaching staff can keep putting the, putting these guys in situations and adjusting from play to play in, play and play out, they're going to be fine, man. They're, they're going to be fine. They're going to make the tournament. They could seriously make some noise. But the scary thing is we know what this team can look like when they're bad, you know, when they're not. Okay, so here's – this is – and by the way, I agree with you. Kendall Weaver is an offensive rebounding machine six of his rebounds saturday three of them were offensive and he's starting to average three offensive rebounds per game no one else had more than one offensive rebound and um kendall weaver had 13 points six rebounds four assists 
one turnover. Like you'll take that. And Tyrese Hunter mentioned it, eight of 12, 19 points, three of four from three point range. Texas was insane from the three point line, especially in the first half. They were uh, eight of 16 in the first half. And remember, Dylan DeZue hit all five of his threes in the first half. My only gripe with Tyrese Hunter, this is the fifth straight game he didn't shoot a single free throw. And I just hope he's, you know, ready for that because they may need that against Houston. Texas only shot eight free throws against West Virginia. West Virginia shot 21, made 13. Texas was seven of eight from the free throw line. Didn't matter because they were up 28, seemingly, the whole game. Texas had a stretch of this game, Zay, where they missed nine straight shots over a four-minute period, and they still won by almost 40. Yeah. So the defense was on point. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think you have to win the season. Best, Best performance. You're not having to worry about Max Acemas defensively like you had to do the first 15 right. games of the year. And I think that gives the rest of the team confidence that they don't have to overhelp due to Max Acemas being exploited. Max Acemas, as good as he is offensively, his defense has been that as much as impressive. He's sticking with his man, he's sliding his feet, he's not getting beat off the dribble. You have to just go over the top of him, which you have to live with. You know, there's times that you come over and help and get that, you know, block shot if you're a Caden Shedrick or Dylan Mitchell or Dylan DeSue. But if he's being taken to the basket and he's still in front of his man, let him live. Let him have those one-on-one matchups. Because like I said last week, most of the time it's against another guard that's not used to bringing guys in the post. You know, guards aren't working on that. The great ones are, you know, I watched Jalen Brunson with New York. That's why he's one of the top point guards in the league, because he'll take his man in the post if he has a mismatch and he'll dominate his man in the post. Like shout out to Jay Wright. He definitely learned that in his Villanova days and his pops also being a NBA coach and NBA player throughout his career. Like Jalen Brunson gets it. Nobody's like Jalen Brunson in college basketball. Nobody. So if Max Acemas gets taken to the rack and he cuts off his man and his man has to get into post-game backup mode, that's a win for the Longhorns. Because now you're asking a point guard to make a post move that they don't practice every day. They're practicing pick and rolls. They're practicing driving and trying to finish layups and shoot floaters. They're not working on their post-game. And, yeah, you're right, whoever on the uh, our code of text line, Russell Westbrook used to do the same thing back in his hay. He'll, he'll also do it every once in a while for the Clippers. but All right, but yeah. I need your help on this. How does Caden Shedrick play nine minutes and foul out? <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't even paying attention to him, really. I, I don't know. That's tough. Like, he was 0 of 2. He had one rebound. He had one turnover, one block. And five fouls in nine minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 
he was good in the TCU game in Fort Worth. He had yeah. a solid game, but he still he can't really find his rhythm because he's always hurt. Like he's not a hundred percent. So he's going out there with back pain all the time. And yeah, he's gonna be inconsistent. That's just who he is at this point of the season. Your boy right Ike Horton was okay. Yeah, he was. He was. He, he had a little pull up jumper. He had a block, he had a steal. Yeah. He had two points. Yeah. A little pull up. Yeah. You just gotta you gotta knock down that open three, man. Like he that's what he's here for. Like, if that's what you're here for and you can't do that, that's how you know somebody's struggling, man. Like, you got to knock it down. But, hey, I mean, hopefully it doesn't harm them at the end. Uh, I still think they need that eight, nine-man rotation. Right now you could count on six, maybe seven with Caden Shedrick. Brock Cunningham's that six guy. Brock Cunningham, he's earned those minutes again. That little slump that he had, I think, you know, probably got chewed out a little bit, probably had to question his game a little bit. Rock Cunningham has been good ever since, you know, he got off that slump. But still, you never know. Brock could easily go back in it. Dylan DeZue is shooting 53% from three. Yeah, man. Let that sink in for a second. And it's, it's not like he shot you know, four. Cause he shot in the chair, Chip. He shot in the Jeff chair. Trey, shot in the chair. He shot Trapper in the let chair. Us go. You're shooting that chair. You develop that form. Hey, injury or not, they need to get everybody in that damn chair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you can, I don't care if you can walk, get in the chair and learn to shoot that way. Whatever Dylan DeSue's doing, I need everybody to shoot that way. Yeah. IT Horton needs to get in the chair. Definitely. Yeah, Dylan DeZoo is 31 of 55 from three, 56%. Yeah. He's a matchup nightmare, man. He is starting to play like he wants to be in the NBA. He has a chance. They're going to knock his athleticism. They're going to knock his injury history and his height. Like he's only 6'9". So a lot of guys are small forwards at 6'9 in today's NBA. So that's that'd be tough, but if he could be an off the bench guy, give you 15 minutes a night, have the range that he does, depending on the team and the system, it could happen. So you're saying yeah. that he's not athletic enough to be a small forward in the NBA. Oh, absolutely not. Hell no. 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 Like, even power forward, you know, he'd struggle with guarding some of those guys. But center, nah, he's not athletic enough really at all. Like, that's that's going to hurt him the most. And then, obviously, the injury history. But his shot's that good to where yeah. he's going to take a chance. If he can shoot it like this, he's going to find a place. Yeah, and Orthodox – Unorthodox guys can sometimes find their way in the league too, just because they're so hard to predict. And he does pretty much every level. What he does is unorthodox. Like, I mean, you're, you're taking threes when you're shooting from deep, but it's a a weird shot. And he's got a mid range game. He's got that runner. I mean, he's got a weird arsenal of moves around the basket too. that one handed game. That little push floater is nasty. Yeah. The push floater. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he has know. a chance, man. You'll see him on the summer league team this year. And we'll see if he can finesse his way onto a roster. But yeah, Chip's right. That shot, a lot of teams need that. Woo! All right. All right, y'all. Y'all be cool. Appreciate you. Cheers. Peace out, fellas.